You are listening to the Reset the Board podcast, part of the Restart Sports Network. All right, everybody. Uh, welcome to Reset the Board, the first Reset the Board officially. Uh, Jason's with me. Jason, how are you, my friend? I'm good, Tommy. Great. How are you doing today? You know, I'm well. We've been trying to do this for God knows how long, and now we've just decided to actually do it now that we have time. Jason's moved across the country at least seven times by now, and uh, yeah, I enough good things in sports have happened, and we're ready to talk about just this past week. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we're just going to get into it. So what we're going to do is we each wrote down five topics. And then uh, we'll just alternate and talk about them. And some of them will overlap and some of them won't. Um, and yeah, we're, I, I say we just go for it. Your thoughts. Let's do it. Let's okay. rock, paper, scissors. Who's going to go first? Okay. Well, I was just going to go right. ahead and give you the honors, but yeah. we can, yeah. No. Okay. That's so boring. All right. All right. Yeah. Ready? All right. Just yep. Aren't you rock, shoot. paper, scissors, shoot. Okay. I have uh, paper. Oh. All right. So I get to go first. I feel this like is I this is now. already great podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. All the right. first so, ever topic on reset the board. Your honor. So yeah. I it's more of a general topic than a last week specifically. But last week we had some crazy. You and I we cover some props. We do lines. We do embedding. We you know we're taking money lines. Sometimes we look at. Everything from puck lines to sure. um, you know point lines in, in football. We're degenerates, um, so, sure, whatever. Uh, we've we've done a good bit of looking into gambling, but one thing that I think a lot of people—I have a buddy, for example, who knows sports really well—can never kind of make that step into pod or into I'm sorry into gambling. So I I wanted to bring it up on the podcast and just kind of talk about how we each got into it, what we've kind of okay. learned. In yeah. the time we've spent. So so gambling, how'd you start? This is, is, is my question. This is a great topic. This is not what I was expecting. I love this so much. So I don't know really when I when I first I I I guess I knew that it it was around all the time, but I the first when I really started first looking at it was probably in uh 2018, I guess it was, 2017, 2018. I put like $30 in like the overseas, what was it, Bavada or there's a there's another one uh, that's out there that I just put $30 in and I, I, I didn't know how to take the $30 out. So they absolutely took all of my money. But I, I just, that's when I actually started to learn like, okay, this is what over under means and this is what spread means. I had no idea. I thought it was just like you pick the, you pick the team you think is going to win to win and you just automatically double your money every time. I had no idea. So I learned about the odds and stuff, and then it became legal, and uh, it was fun. I uh, Responsibly, I think I'm probably about 500 in my life. I haven't won big, and I haven't lost big. I have won big and lost big, but they've evened each other out. So that's really how it started for me. I just, I mean, you and I, we've watched sports all of our lives, and then when you learn of the ability to gamble on it, you think you know everything, and then you're humbled very, very quickly. Yeah, definitely. Um, I had a similar kind of history with sports betting. I actually used to be a poker player, so I played Bovada, and, and I still play poker. 
Um, but I started out uh, on Bavada playing poker, won a big tournament. So I had a, a little bit of money. And then I said, you know, it's not going to be worth it to, to go through this whole process of taking this money out. Um, I'm going to put it on Arsenal to win. And this was the FA Cup semifinal against Man City. And I got like seven to one on my money. And I didn't really know what odds were. I didn't know if that was good or not. But I was like, you know, I knew what the plus sign meant. I knew that meant that it was positive money. And I knew it meant they were underdogs. And I knew they were. And I just felt like we could win it. They won two nothing. Um, and I cashed all that that out. Um, and then didn't do it again until I did like some daily fantasy, uh, which was always kind of boring to me. Um, I never yeah. really liked that. Um, but then... I uh, DraftKings announced they were doing a sports book. I put money in. I put 50 bucks in. I was living in Georgia. And they, then they said, um, you obviously you can't gamble. And I was like, okay, I, I, yeah, I didn't think it was legal here, but they let me put the money in. Right. So, uh, so then I go, okay, well, give me my 50 bucks back. They wouldn't give it back to me. Um, so I was like, all right, whatever, I'll leave it in there. And then moved to Colorado where it was legal, fired up the app um spent like $45 over the course of the summer playing baseball like nine leg parlays crazy stuff <laughs> had $10 left in the account hit like a $10 like six leg parlay on football um one day and then had like 300 and then from like 300 went like 14 for 14 on soccer over like oh Tuesday and a Wednesday in Europe like uh, Europa League and Champions League hit like went like 14 for 14 and I think I turned that 50 that I turned into 300 into like $2,200 That's... on like a Wednesday. And then I like cashed half of it out. And then I was like, all right, let me like pay attention and like try this. Um, and from there, I'm probably with you. I'm probably about 50, 50 percent. See, that's, Excuse a, me. that's incredible. 50%. That's a big win. That's incredible. Yeah. I had an eight leg parlay. That was a 10, $10 to like $1,600. And I forgot I'd even put it in, so I watched none of the games. Mm. I I I like had forgotten that I was doing weekday games. It was like my first Champions League, uh, like weekday because that's like a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is like Europe and soccer. Um, and I'd forgotten I'd even done it. And I got home from the gym, um, and logged on to make my. I think it was like a Thursday night football. So I was like, let me log on, and I think maybe I'll have ten bucks or something. Yeah. And I logged on, and I was like, oh man, I went fourteen for fourteen across three parlays. I had like a hunt, like two or three different one hundred dollar parlays, and then like a ten dollar parlay, and they all hit, and they paid out a ridiculous amount, like twenty two hundred dollars. Um, and then wild. I was like, that gave me the the money to then start looking into it, and then I give myself rules. Um, so that's what I would say to like anybody starting out is like lay down rules. I have like a certain, if I lose a certain amount of money, I have like a cool off period. So like it's a hundred dollars, 24 hours. Like if I lose a hundred dollars, 24 hours, I don't want to place a bet. And I've been, I think that's a good rule. That's one, like, I think you have grown with as well. Oh Bonnie. yeah. Like I think my rule has been like, I only deposit like $20 at a time. And once that is gone, however it leaves, then you're done for a while. And that's it. Like, so I, I'm, I'm not a heavy gambler. I talk a big game, but it's like two bucks, three bucks here, which is fine. There's no, there's no unit shaming. And if you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Those are my, yeah. those are my uh, tips. But man, yeah. 
what a what an interesting start to this journey. I was not expecting that at all. I thought you were going to come with some like soccer fact or something, but we talked about how we started betting, and I love that. All yeah. Right. All right. So I guess it's my turn. Uh, it's on you. I, uh, the first thing I would like to talk about, and I've wanted to talk about this for a few weeks now, and now that we're finally getting the opportunity, I refuse to not let it be the first thing that I talk about. I am fastly falling in love with the city of Philadelphia. I think the fans are the best. They're so much fun. The Phillies are out of their minds right now. The Eagles are undefeated. If I was not a Chicago person and I was not born into the fandom that I have now, I think I would probably choose to be a Philly fan. I think Philadelphia is so fun. Have you ever been to Philadelphia? And do you have any interactions with Philly fans? I've never been to Philadelphia. It's so much fun. It's walkable. And all of their sports stadiums share a a parking lot. And there's a huge bar in the middle of it. The atmosphere is incredible. That's cool. You can't be a Philly fan this year. I, they they have too much going on. It's it's their year. Which, no, no, no. no I don't have think... you noticed something? There's been a city like this every single year for yeah. the last three years. Yeah. So LA, LA did it. So LA had the Dodgers. Well, LA fans aren't real. They don't exist. They they are. They're they're real. <laughs> I went. We went. We went. We were in LA and, and we went to a Dodgers game. And um, they're real. They exist. People that you know love the Dodgers and and it sucks for them that the the World Series they won was like you know the shortened one. The Lakers was the same. Like if they're if your city's gonna have a big year, you didn't want it to be twenty twenty. Yeah, and that's when but they like yeah, that's they, when they did. But the that was their stuff. year, and then they and then Georgia last year had UGA win it, had the Braves win it. So twenty twenty one was like Atlanta, you know, state of Georgia's year. Yeah. Now it's it, it now might it's be Philly. Philly's year. Um, you can't you can't then join it. So this you well, can't yeah, oh no this no year. no I'm not I'm not jumping on their bandwagon or anything. I'm just saying that I'm in love with the city. Like if if they were ever, I think the Eagles play the Bears this year, and the Cubs swept the swept the Phillies this year. We won all seven games, so take that. But I'm just saying at like as it stands right now, I've been fighting this feeling for a while because of course my fiance Anna is Miss Pittsburgh. And she hates Philadelphia. And we went there. We went to Philly for a wedding in August. And I got to walk around the city for a day. And I got to witness people yelling at each other on the streets, but then hugging. And and, and it was cool. I got to experience their food. And the, this, there's this huge mart that's like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a, it. you go into this huge warehouse and there's a bunch of different little restaurants in it and it's awesome and the donuts are great and the coffee's great and the food's great and it's just i don't know how to explain it but i had so much fun and then the next day we went to a phillies game and they were playing the mets which is like two of the most hostile uh fan bases in baseball and them just yelling at each other and screaming at each other and then you and then you have like the New York accent versus the Philly accent and then Tommy in the background just going let's go cobbies like it was so fun and just, I don't know I just being in Philadelphia and seeing how much fun the fans are having in the World Series 
and the Eagles. And there's just like, they have such an arrogance to them. And it's like, it's so, uh, to me, as a diehard sports fan, I think it's charming. I think their arrogance is charming, whereas uh, most of everybody else hates them. But I'm in, and I support Philadelphia in their in their hostility. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, they they win a good bit in sports, um, so I don't think they're like I I enjoy I think the hostility more when it's paired with like we never win. Like when it's a city like that's true, like that is Detroit, true. like when people are just pissed off and they never win. I don't like when they're like people, Bostonians are always pissed off, and it's like you guys win. A, a major trophy in in any given sport you know at least one every two years you're winning you know the Bruins are good or the Red Sox or the Celtics were in there last year you know they're always going to have a good and and I feel like Phillies you know Phillies four up right now with a runner on first and the fifth at home if they win tonight they could go easily go to three and one tomorrow night like yeah. they're set up to, but- to and then we've talked about how good they're going to be so um, and then you think I, about Thursday night where the Phillies, if they if they go on to win this game, they go to win tomorrow, which if you're listening to this, you know, the results of this already. But Thursday night, they could clinch a World Series championship against the Astros while the Eagles are playing the Texans in Houston. That is just mind boggling to me. Can you imagine yeah. being a Philly fan that night? Yeah, yeah, and and they'll probably win both games. Um, I, I mean, if they win the baseball one, the football one, they would probably win as well. Um, so yeah, I city of Philly, like be happy, people in Philly. If any, I don't think anybody will ever listen to this from Philadelphia. But if you're in Philadelphia, smile, be happy, just enjoy you know, it. Yeah, and Boston, be happy. I know it's <laughs> cold, um, but you have a really walkable city, um, evidently. Yeah. So walk, walk around, be happy, enjoy. <laughs> Your your sporting success, yeah, yeah. but but you can't be a fan this year, Tommy. I'm not a fan. It's I'm not, not a allowed. Fan. You can't I'm be just, a Philly fan. I'm just. I do. This them. does segue. Awesome segue. Um, this does set segue into one of the things I wanted to talk about. Great, because I I don't like the Phillies, um, but they are currently playing a team I I hate. Um, and there was an AL matchup, um, the ALCS, the Yankees and the Astros, which would probably the two teams that i hate most in baseball okay um so one of my questions i wanted to talk about was who top uh in baseball who are the top who are your top five most hated teams because one thing i was surprised about uh was having a lot of braves fans and this like this season there was kind of a race for the pennant and then there was kind of a lot up in the air and three nl east teams ended up in it and i've always hated philadelphia more but okay. I was like surprised to see like true like Atlanta born Braves fans really really hated the Mets more. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's so, I think it's vice versa too. I think the Mets really hate the Braves too, and I think a lot of that is lingering with uh with the '90s and the early 2000s when the Braves just won the division every single year. I think that's kind of lingering for Mets fans. I love those old Mets teams though. The Carlos Delgado. The Beltran, the Jose Reyes, Jose Reyes even though he, yeah. was a, he was a, uh, turned out he was not a good guy, but, um, uh, breaking news, Kyle Schwarber just hit a Schwarbaum. Oh, uh, you're like a second ahead of me. So I apologize six now, but no, you're Schwarber, fine. Schwarber, I love you. Please come home. No, nah, wow. he can stay in Philly. He's, he's all Philly now. He's like, nobody's going to remember him as a cub ever again. He's just Mr. Philly now. Yeah. We were talking about how, 
Hold on one second. You're probably going to hear my dogs in the background. Dogs. Um, so I apologize. Dogs um, running around. Okay, well, well, let me give you... I can give you my top five hated teams in baseball. I'm right. I, I, I do have one stipulation. I do okay. have one stipulation. Oh, okay. All right. Um, you can only give me one in your division. Because I know fair. you give me... You give fair. me the Cardinals. You give me. You give me everybody. Um, you can only show one from your division. Okay, so uh, top five hated teams. Go all ahead. right, so I can only pick one from the division. Uh, right now, I'm gonna say I hate the Brewers more than I hate the Cardinals. So I'm gonna pick the. I'm gonna take the Brewers. Um, the car like the Cardinals. It's they say that they had the best fans in baseball. They were selling two dollar playoff tickets. So whatever. Uh, the Brewers. They uh they can't give away tickets and they hate the Cubs so much. I, you know what? I think it's cute that the Brewers hate the Cubs so much that uh, like it, they don't even bother me. So I shouldn't hate the Brewers. I think I think I talked myself into the Cardinals. Like I absolutely hate the Cardinals. Uh, all right, so I'll go Cardinals, uh, and then the rest of them are gonna be just based off of I don't think they this city uh, should have a major league franchise. Uh, that would be. Oh, Arizona's going to make it on yep, this list. There is uh, the Miami Marlins. Uh, you and I have, have, have had this out for a we while. Have, we have. That we've, we've, this I has never even, come up on the podcast. I haven't even said my list yet. <laughs> I know, but I I realized we just uncovered something that we never really talked about. We our, haven't hashed it uh, out. Like, no. I, I, never, I never understood your just like undying hatred for the Diamondbacks who have been competitive, have spent money. Um, won a world nice championship field. sure have, uh, have uh, like have a good rivalry with the dodgers which is a likable like you there's there's games i could see myself rooting for the the diamondbacks to win games like they play in kind of a division where i you know i would like them to win some games sure um i but i would love let I'm, i assume they're on the list well i don't know i haven't gotten to the end of it yet all right i'm all sorry right. Ste- i'm stepping on toes <laughs> cardinals Marlins, Rays, uh, Diamondbacks, <laughs> and then uh, and then just because they cheated that one time, I'm gonna go with the Astros. Oh my God, Reese Hoskins now just hit a bomb. It is seven to nothing, Phillies. Wow, they are laying it on there. Uh, but yeah, uh, so my hatred for uh the Marlins, the Rays, and the Diamondbacks go hand in hand. Uh, Arizona and Florida are the destinations for spring training baseball. Uh, they are not destinations for major league baseball. Uh, they should be used for that and the, and the facilities of the major league teams. Uh, and this is, I mean, this is just, this is just me being an old body, uh, in an old sport, just liking things as they are a traditionalist, if you will. I don't have any good reasoning behind it. Uh, I just don't like it. And then I picked the Astros because they cheated that one time. But I'm going to say uh, on the record now, I think we're at the point where they are making their own destiny and it's it has nothing to do with when they cheated that one time. I, I don't think they're cheating anymore. I think they're just really good at playing baseball. So, uh, But I'll just put them on the list because whatever. So there's my five. And now what is your five? Um, I would say... You know, first of all, on your five, yeah, I, I think those are Tampa's the same thing. Tampa's competitive. My, Miami, I get because Miami is has had terrible ownership and always breaks down every year. Like they deserve to not pack out that. that Tampa stadium. and Miami because both they have, hate they, the ownerships in Miami hate the local government. Yeah. They hate the local people. Yeah. Tampa's a little different. They they put a competitive. 
they they win games. They've won. No, I yeah, I agree with you. But the problem is they both have games in a year where they have less than a thousand people in the stadium. Like that's just bad, man. Yeah, and I do agree with the move, but I it's hard for me to hate the franchise because people don't show up as much. No, Um, I agree. I I so my number one is the New York Yankees. I I I um and my one and two are very close, and they did play each other in the ALCS. It's the Astros. I I think they have in their own right, and they do deserve the success that they've gotten. But I also don't think that they're punished. For cheating at the top level when yeah they and, they weren't punished fairly i'll give you yeah i think you, you're correct and there. you can and you can there's a lot of benefits of winning a world series it's really hard to repeat but once you've won one and it cracks you saw this with your cubs once it kind of cracks that window open you have players with experience in those positions and when you can get back to like an alcs or something we saw it with the royals in the mid 2000s yep. were a core can get there and lose or in this that case win and then get back and be in those situations again and it leads to future success so we have guys like even though he's getting rocked right now lance mccullers has spent all this time pitching postseason innings yeah so he knows what to do when he gets there and so they kind of built a, a dynasty on something that i think they shouldn't have been able to do and i, and I do think it happens other places uh, but it was also just the unapologetic nature where they did they got caught cheating in a World Series. They won, and then made sure to be like, "But you know, uh, uh, you know, make excuses." I never heard one say the word "sorry." Yeah, I, I never heard one. Yeah, like, you, uh, yeah, you are onto something there. And and a lot of the a lot of the people that were on that roster have lingered, and they are still on that roster. Um, yeah. I think I think it's any, really Altuve. Yeah, a lot of the pitching staff. I will say some of them have left. You know, Springer's gone. Cre- uh, Crez, like Carrera. who I hated the most as an Astro, is now not an Astro. I was very worried he was going to be an Angel for a little bit. I'm yeah. glad that didn't happen. But so I, I, the Astros are my number two. My number one, though, like that th- we were talking about this. I have this big this league that you were kind of involved in. You helped me draft and stuff. Yes. Um, my my fantasy baseball league. We were discussing this because one guy is a diehard Astros fan. And then my uncle is a diehard Yankees fan. And so they were talking about it and they were both kind of pleading their case of why America shouldn't hate them. And they should be the easy favorites because the other team was so hateable. Um, and I texted in there and, and I said, I was born and raised to hit, hate the Yankees. Like <laughs> yeah. my dad taught me to hate the Yankees. Yeah. When I was, when I was five years old, I threw up in my grandpa's or my uncle's Yankees hat. Um, like I, I was born to hate the Yankees. Like I was raised that way. His, my grandpa taught my dad, he taught me, I'll teach my sons to hate the Yankees. Um, so I, that they'll always be number one. Sure. Um, I think number three. Yeah. What about three, four, five? So I will say one team that would have made this list and, and I still think I'd put them in, but I won't because of the rules are the Oakland A's. Uh, So special shout out. I also think I'm okay with leaving them off a list of five now that I've been to Oakland because the stadium is sad and there are people that go and like, that's more of like a city letting down yeah. a team and a little bit vice versa. Like that's just not a healthy relationship that a team has with the city. Sure. Um, and they, I don't know if they need to move on. There's talk now about Howard terminal, about a new stadium. So yeah, I think, I, they're know, gonna, I think I raw or uh, Rob Manfrod uh, came on uh, the airwaves this week. And he said that the, he thinks that they're going to end up in Vegas before too long. So um, yeah, they'll probably get a stadium so we'll out there. 
So I, I don't think they'd make my my three, four, five. Um, I think I would put the Phillies up in in there. Okay. Um, I think they're like a four though, or a five, even though you know I'd probably have to think more about like what teams I'd want up there. I don't like the Mariners. Um, I did watch my team brawl. So with you them told this year. me that I couldn't pick anybody in my division but one, and you've put three in your division. So that's why I'm hard. That's why it's hard. <laughs> but you did speak about the Brewers. Um, I went back you know, and forth, and, sure. And and, and um, honestly, it's hard to say that there's not really a baseball team that I actually hate just because playing baseball and loving baseball as much as I do, I guess I just have such an appreciation for the game that it's really hard to like hate a team. I can be mad at teams a lot, but I don't think I, there's there's really only one professional sports franchise that I hate. And that's yeah. the and that's the Green Bay Packers. But uh, that makes sense. Everybody, like, I would, I would say the Dodgers are are probably a, a, a number three. Yeah, they're never. Uh, um, it's the freeway series down in 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 Anaheim to yep. LA. Yeah. Um, I don't like really Dodgers fans. Um, I think they're kind of like you talked about Phillies fans. Dodgers fans are hostile, and it's beautiful in LA. It's sunny. Yeah, and it you is. Guys win yeah, stuff too. it is. It is really. Um, it is a hostile place. Uh, to to play out there for sure. Yeah, so I'm going to go Dodgers number three. I'm going to go Phillies number four. Um, and then I'm going to go uh, – I'm going to go with the uh, the Washington Nationals uh, number five because I don't like that they win and break it down all the time. I don't like um, the, the logos, the colors. I don't like – And they belong in Montreal for forever. And I don't – and I don't like that they moved there. I did see the first Grand Slam there ever in history of okay. the Washington Nationals. Brad Wilkerson hit a hit the first Grand Slam. There's and, a name that I yeah. haven't heard in a while. Yeah, and I was at that game. He homered to, to center field. Uh, so, uh, but I, I do hate the Nationals. So I think that would be my my number five. So, okay. um, Yankees, Astros, Dodgers, Phillies, Nationals. Wow. All right. There you go. Top five. All right. So. That was your second thing. Here's my second thing, completely different. Uh, Jason, have you seen anything involving NASCAR on the internet this week? Um, I'm in a group chat that I there was some NASCAR stuff sent around in. Here's what happened. So they're in the fight for the championship and they're in the NASCAR playoffs that they call you. I won't bore you with the details of why. But so they're racing and there's eight of them that are racing for four spots in the final race, which is next weekend uh, where they will determine a championship. And one of the eight is already locked in and the others are racing for the amount of points. They come down to the end of this race uh, on the half mile track that uh, this one car in the in the 11, Denny Hamlin is ahead of. Ross Chastain in the number one car. Uh, there's probably five or six cars in between them. And Ross needs to pass two of them for uh, for to be able to move on to the championship round. And if he doesn't, Denny Hamlin does. So he does a video game move on the backstretch. Instead of slowing down for the sharp turn, he floors it and rides the fence all the way around to the start finish line and beats the guy he's supposed to. It was the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Your thoughts. <laughs> that's, 
I, I mean, I so so then he get what was the outcome? So, so he, he was points. so with that move, he squeaked by the eleven car and beat him in the in the point standings to where he is now racing for a championship next weekend. Destroyed his car to get into the into the championship round. I mean, it was absolutely incredible. And there there's the it's fifty fifty if the drivers like it or not. You can I wish I could play some of the audio for you of like the radio calls, but I don't know what the copyright rules are there. But if if you go on Twitter, if you go on my Twitter at Tommy Irby36, I've liked almost every single tweet about any of this because it's just absolutely insane. And some drivers are like, that's the greatest move I've ever seen. And some of them are calling it cheap and uh, and not a way to go about it because he didn't really race anybody. He just like, I mean, he he used his uh, he used his surroundings to his best. So I it it's ju- it's just something that I wanted to bring up because it's incredible, and I want you to know that it happened. So he so he he wrecked his car. Will they have the car ready now? Well, they, they, yeah. Car? So like, they ha- they have a different car that they'll use. Uh, so the they so that body obviously would need to be repaired. But they, I mean, the people who own the car, uh, Trackhouse Racing, they have it on display in the front of their front offices. Uh, and the NASCAR Hall of Fame has asked them for the car already. And there's plan. There's probably planning a way for it to go into the Hall of Fame. Like, that's how incredible this move is. Like, it made history. It was absolutely insane watching it live. And he I, he literally risked everything to make it to the championship round, and it totally worked. So now I think I have no choice but to root for him in the championship round. I don't know. You can hear more of the NASCAR talk. What are his what are his odds? What what are his chances um, to win? Is he the He is not, not the, the favorite. favorite. He is definitely is he the he's biggest probably, underdog? He's got to be the biggest underdog. I don't know the exact uh, numbers. Uh, I believe but Chase Elliott. Yeah. And out yeah. of how many? Out of how many? Out of four. Out of four. It's probably plus 1,100 or something like that. And this for is just a straight four-on-four race? So, no. So, there will be 30. There will be like 36 cars in the field racing. But between the four of them, whoever finishes ahead of the other one, like whoever finishes first out of those four wins the championship on Sunday. So who are the other racers and how many like teammates? Because teammates are a big thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. They'll be having. So how, do, how many does each of the four have in yeah. this championship? Yeah, absolutely. So Joey Logano drives for Team Penske and they have three or four cars that'll be in the field. Uh Chase Elliott drives for Hendrick Motorsports. They have four cars in the field. Christopher Bell drives for Joe Gibbs. They have four cars in the field. And then uh, Ross Chastain drives for Trackhouse. They only have two cars in the field. But uh, it'll be interesting. During the year, Ross Chastain has kind of made some enemies too. He's kind of wrecked a lot of people, like kind of pushed them out of the way. He was very reckless. And uh, the way he went about it too... Uh, he was, at, after the post race, it's not like he was like, yeah, I pushed him out of the way. He was like, man, I just got to drive better. Like, I just got to be better. I shouldn't be out here. But then he would go the next week and do the exact same thing. So I, if you're an aggressive driver, just say you're an aggressive driver. And I think he would have gotten a lot more respect that way. But, uh, yeah, it, I mean, crazy move next weekend's going to be incredible. I think his odds are plus 1100 for him to win the championship. So 
five bucks wins you fifty five. I don't know. Maybe just uh, maybe just sprinkle it a little bit and see what happens. I probably won't. (laughs) You can hear more. uh, Yeah, you can hear more NASCAR talk on the Tandem Draft podcast, and then uh, and then they'll break it all down. I need I need probably like three episodes of that before I I bet on any because I did do NASCAR. I bet on it, and there's just like that I felt like I was watching for a while and I, I missed kind of the climax of like, Oh, yeah. this is the last race and the build up yeah. and stuff. So I don't have enough of an understanding to watch it. Enjoy it. I'll get let you alone bet on it. I'll get you so, back into it before February, before the Daytona 500. How about that? Sounds good. Okay. All right. Um, your third so, topic. From something that's happening super far out, uh, in February to something that happened today. Um, we haven't talked at all about the trade deadline. That was one of my um, topics. It was, this is the first crossover. <laughs> ding, 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 Hello. <laughs> um, all right. So I sunk your battleship. So it is one to nothing um, on topic picking. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll keep score. So, so trade deadline. Um, who is, who are the, who's the biggest move? Um, I want to know yours first. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't want to show my bias. Uh, I'll talk about my move, but, uh, what the, (laughs) I mean, what the dolphins did, uh, to get Chubb from, from, uh, Denver is incredible. They, they took Bradley Chubb and a fifth round pick from Denver and they're giving them Chase Edmonds a first round pick and a fourth round pick like that first round pick for, for Bradley Chubb. I usually when you're trading, when you're trading guys who are already in the league that I I'm, I'm shocked that they gave up a first round pick for this, but the dolphins are in like the Patriots are down. The jets are leading the division. Like this is, this is go time. So I appreciate that the dolphins made this move. It was like, this is our time now. And I think that bolster of the defense and the way that they have uh, Hill on one side and Waddle on the other and Tua looking like a competent quarterback. Who like look out for the Miami Dolphins right now? Yeah, they have a very competent offense, a very, you know, solid defense. Um they did have to deal Chase Edmonds in that deal, but um they also went out and got uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., who I'm now bummed I dropped in fantasy. Yeah. Well, the um, thing is, they can he give up. good in, in San Fran when he yeah. got touches. He looked like he could be the man for, uh, you know, a good offense that thrives around him. Yeah. Um, and just get his four and a half to five and a half yards per carry on 12, uh, you know, uh, 12 carries a game, 15 carries a game. Right. And pass block. So. And they can give been... up. They can give up the Chase Edmonds, too, with that running game, because look at what they can do through the air and running at the same time. Because Tyreek Hill, he could take a little pitch and run it 80 yards because he's he's faster than hell and nobody can catch him, you know? And Tua is a mobile quarterback we've seen. Uh, he just needs to learn how to protect himself, but that's still an effective offense without him. Yeah. Um, I, I do think that's a good move to, to solidify the defense. I don't think it's the best move. I, I think there's like a way to define like best move because I think that the team that got like the felt like filled the biggest gap and you're not going to like hearing this, but it is in division. Um and the trade was in division, but yeah. um, the the Vikings getting T.J. Hawkinson that was I massive. Think really addressed a need because Kirk Cousins is a limited quarterback and they have a very good passing game uh, with Thielen and with uh, Justin Jefferson. Um, but 
they and they have a very good run game, but they kind of don't have that check down guy. Yeah. They don't have like a good slot receiver, good, you know, Thielen, you know, can 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 be that kind of like eight yard catch guy, but um, they need somebody that that they can just kind of go to on that out route where you're not, you know, relying on Kirk Cousins to throw 12 yards each time he throws. Yeah. Um, and I think it adds a new element to a good defense that's paired with a pretty good, decent, uh, I, I'm sorry, a good offense that's paired with a pretty decent defense. No, absolutely. So. And I'm looking at this trade too. It was, uh, they got, they got Hawkinson, a fourth round pick next year, and then a 2024 conditional fourth round pick. Uh, but they gave up and this is, I think this is good for the lions too. Next year they get a second round pick. And then, uh, in 2024, they get a third round pick. If they have a general manager who's like good at drafting, those mid round picks are going to be very good for them. I like that's, that's a very, very good, good, uh, haul that they got for Hawkinson, I think. And the, yeah. those are rounds that you go and get another tight end like that, you know? So I think that I really think that they they made out well, too. Like, I think this is the Vikings division to lose. I don't think the Packers are going anywhere because they didn't do anything at the trade deadline. And uh, I, I, I love what the Bears did. This is I guess I guess this is what I'll use my thing to talk about is because the Bears. I love what they did. So on uh, on Tuesday or Monday, sorry, today's Tuesday, which is actually Wednesday when you're listening to this. But on Monday, the Bears traded Roquan Smith to the Ravens for a second-round pick. And this city was just completely dumbfounded. Had no idea what was going on. Like, didn't understand. The last we heard, the the hope was to sign Roquan to an extension or sign him in the offseason. We get a second-round pick for him, which is... Probably more than I thought we were going to get. I thought if we were going to trade him, we were going to get a third, maybe a combination of like two-fourths or something. I don't know. But then they turn around today and take their their second-round pick, not the one that they got from the Ravens, but theirs, and give it to uh, give it to Pittsburgh to get uh, Chase Claypool, and who is going to be a big receiver that Justin Fields has never had professionally, a large target on the on the outside that can either get open because the defense is going to look at Mooney or Mooney now has the opportunity to get open because they're going to look at Claypool. And Claypool, a guy who uh, it didn't end perfectly in Pittsburgh. Uh, he There was some on-field stuff. There was some off-field stuff. He had a lot of drops. He had a lot of penalties. I think that's a situation where he just needs a fresh start in a new place, and he's got a year and a half left on his rookie deal to prove that he's worth the money. So the Bears really essentially traded a half a year of Roquan Smith to get a year and a half of Chase Claypool, and I will I will absolutely take that deal. Yeah, and I mean they they swapped that second round because you have to assume they're going to finish below the Ravens um, unless the rebuild you know speeds up. But yeah. they do they did kind of put themselves in a position where after the Roquan Smith trade, um, I think a lot of people are saying they better be good talent evaluators in the next couple of years because yep. they've kind of amassed these picks. So to go out and get someone who's proven. I don't know if he's the number one that you are making him out to be. I know that you, not that you're making him out to be, no. but I think that the hope would be, I think he could be big, but 
No, he's definitely. He uh, I think. I think Max. He's a two. Uh, but right now he's coming into an offense where he's going to be the one. The Bears have he's not had a one. number one wide receiver since. I mean, Allen Robinson, but they never treated him like one. So really, you're going back to like the days of Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey, the last time yeah. the Bears had a true one, you know? So he's going to go and he's going to be Kirk's the guy. Been, I mean, they needed yeah. to go after a one, but they did, get, they did get someone who is capable on certain days of being a one. I think you probably know him decently well. Yeah. Um, you probably enjoy these, these synergies that the Steelers and the 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 bears sometimes have yeah um, from what i gathered on the family group chat it's a it's a win-win situation so they they get a draft pick i get a receiver we both are cutting our losses for this season and we're moving on you know i think the bears are in a situation where let's see what justin fields has this year let's get him something let's try to get a 500 team next year and then 24 let's try to make the playoffs and 25 26 27 let's go try to win a thing you know so we're in, we're in the rebuilding. Like, what are you going to do? So there you go. All right. We're both three topics down now. Two more to go. Uh, so we can't, we hit on, on, on this a little bit. So we didn't uh, address all of the trades that went down. So we talked about Hawkinson and Claypool. Talked about Chubb. We talked about Jeff Wilson Jr. Yep. Uh, Calvin Ridley to the Jaguars. Oh yeah. We, yeah. We, pretty... yeah, we should probably talk about that. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to fast forward no. us. No, no, no. I'm I'm just kind of hidden on each of the rest of them. I actually don't think there's much to say. I mean, Calvin Ridley, it's like super structured. It's a weird deal that it's not a, anything I've seen before. It's where a it's very like, weird deal. If he does like this, then they get a, it's a sixth rounder. But if he does this, then it's like, and it can work all the way up to like a second rounder. If yeah, he plays his if way they, a if they, deal. yeah, if he signs an extension with Jacksonville, then a pick one of the picks turns into a second round draft pick which kind of screws him because like the like Jacksonville will hold that against him he'll probably have to he probably won't sign with Jacksonville if he has a good season he can go somewhere where it yeah. doesn't cost him a second round pick to to make um and then the Falcons probably don't get that um so you know I, I don't know if he'll turn it around it's interesting he needed a change of scenery the Falcons I think are full in on the the tank anyways, he's yeah. never going to play again for the Falcons. No. Um, but then the Steelers uh, got William Jackson, Jackson um, uh, from the commanders, uh, the cornerback, the bills did a running back swap um, where they swapped um, Naheem Hines. I actually didn't see who went the other way. I just closed um, it out of my tab. It looks I'm... like they did get Zach Moss. Okay. Uh, who I, that's who you guess. So actually, it might mean something for Moss, especially like if uh, there's a point where JT goes down, um, and the the Colts sure. need him to be an every down back. I don't think Hines is that, but I think Hines will work in the in the Buffalo offense. Yeah, the um, uh, this but, was the most active uh, trade deadline in NFL history. Yeah, it yeah. was a good one. It was exciting. It felt like a baseball or it did. It does, it's not usually all crazy going off. Um, I was in work meetings during it and I was just seeing it pop up, um, you know, on up in the corner through text messages, people going, Oh, you know, these, this guy just went here and um, it was active. I still think the biggest deal and and I still think it's under talked about and it kind of leads into my next point that I wanted to talk about anyways. Um, I think the, the biggest deal was still Christian McCaffrey to the 49ers. It makes them so good. They yeah. were already so good with Jeff Wilson Jr. And he looked like he could be an every down back and 
Um, and you know, when they get, um, when they get the, I forget the running back who's on the, um, the IR, Elijah Mitchell, when he comes back, I thought he would add another kind of element to that. And they didn't need this overpowered running back. And then they get when he's healthy, the best running back on the planet. Um, and, and, and you see what they do after just a week of scheming with him. And he puts up that monster game in a big game. Um, and, uh, and I think they have the offense now they have the defense, they could legitimately win one. They're kind of doing the, the LA Rams thing where they're going full in and, uh, the Rams needed a quarterback. And I think the 49ers went ahead and just got the every down back. Yeah. Um, yeah, he'll, he'll be part of the passing game. He'll, he'll be on the field if he's healthy three, three downs, um, through the offense, yeah. possibly four and, and, the, and they're going to go and try to win it this year. And the 49ers, I mean, they paid for this a second round a third round and a fourth round next year and then a fourth round on 2024 the thing that shocked me with the panthers is they didn't move any of their receivers either i thought that they were going to have a good market to kind of move some of their young receivers out to build more capital and they never did so like chris mccavier was they basically did move they did move robbie anderson yes they yeah they, they moved robbie he anderson but it, i guess which I'm, was interesting they yeah. got it he got that he got into it with the coach and was traded. That yeah, day. yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. That was yeah, but I, I guess I was. I, I guess I thought C.J. Moore was going to go somewhere. I, I, I just assumed, and and they didn't yeah. do anything with him. So I, whatever. I don't I mean, know what his contract have, situation yeah. is like. Well, now that they have a lot on, of, maybe they still want to be yeah, competitive. Now they um, have a lot of capital, so they could go and try to do something in the draft and kind of rebuild it a little quicker. Maybe I don't know, but I. Whatever they they I'll got a haul for do. McCaffrey, so I can't blame him for not saying no. But if so, if then if the 49ers go and do it now and win a title, is it worth it? Even if he breaks down next year, if they win it this year, and then you have to pay him, you know, a couple more years or whatever it is, even if it's a long term deal and you have to really sink some money into an aged back which is something they don't do at, at 29, 30, 31. They're not NFL teams are no longer paying running backs at that level. Yeah. So to do it, what, what would it be, you know, kind of similar to an, an MLB deal where you would pay, you know, somebody a big contract and you get like two or three good years out of it. If you win a, a, a trophy in that time, it's worth it. So what would be, you know, if, if the Niners win one, is it worth a long-term contract for a running back that's maybe done after this year? If so, so are you asking is it worth paying Christian McCaffrey or was the trade worth it if they if they win a Super Bowl? To go all in on an older running back with such high potential in a league that doesn't do that. Gotcha. You know, what is is it worth the how good does he need to be this year and what needs to be the payoff oh, for that race? They have to win I mean, as long as Christian McCaffrey is on the 49ers, they have to win a Super Bowl for it to be worth it. Like there, there's no, there's no below that that makes it worth it. If they don't win a Super Bowl after doing this monster trade, then it was not worth it. Like, so for instance, when the Cubs were in their 2016 uh, season at the trade deadline, they made a move for Aralis Chapman for the Yankees. They gave up Glaber Torres, their number one prospect, to go get it. Glaber Torres is a great infielder in Major League Baseball for the Yankees. Uh, they gave him up to get that World Series. They got the World Series. That happened. 
and it's totally worth it. And Araldis Chapman came to the Cubs for half a season, then went back and signed with the Yankees again. So like we rented him. We gave up our bread. We we paid a heavy rent for that half a season to win a Super Bowl, and it was totally or in the, to win a World Series. So it was totally worth it. I feel like that's what the 49ers are doing here. They're saying, we're missing that one piece. You are the piece. Now let's go win a championship. Yeah, and I think it's only been criticized so much because it is a running back and because he is a little a little bit right. older. Um, and and there's like a there's definitely a narrative around him being kind of injury prone. I don't think that's that fair because I think he's played a good bit. Um, and I think that's why there's kind of maybe that narrative of like, he's going to break down at any minute. Um, but he's been fine this year. He's had a good year. He looks great. Yeah. He looks it. I think that it is. I think if he goes out, I don't know what his contract situation's like, but I, if he goes out and he, and they don't have to pay him that much, um, and they win, like you said, one, I think one Super Bowl um, makes it okay. Yeah. Um, and they so, only have to win one. Like, that, I mean, that's what the Rams did with Matthew Stafford. They went all in. They got Matthew Stafford. They won a Super Bowl. They, they've done what they needed to do. Which is crazy because that was such a praised move, even at the time. But then they win it and people, that was such the narrative. And that was last year. That was, you know, that, that's, they're the reigning champions. And it's, it was talked about how that was what put them over the top. And if this is what puts the Niners over the top, if this was a quarterback, if they'd gone out and they'd got Tom Brady at the deadline from, or if they went out, uh, he wanted to go home, you know, or if they went out and they'd gotten, you know, uh, just a big quarterback. If, if Russ had said Denver's the altitude's messing with me, uh, but, and he goes and he's old Russ, like uh, if they add that big quarterback, I don't think it's near for the same hall at the same age. It's probably like a this year thing. This year, maybe next year thing. At that, if that move is made, I think it's more accepted. Yeah. Um. Then, um. Then, then a McCaffrey move. Um. So yeah, I I think. Um. So he's got. He does have. Um. A couple more years on on his deal. So he signed through twenty twenty five, and he signed at twelve million the next couple of years. So he is. So uh, yeah, I mean, a, a they gotta win. Yeah, they gotta million. win one in the next three years. So if they win this one though this year, and then he's never takes another snap again, they have to pay him twelve million a year. Is that worth it? They pretty I, much you can't have a good run. You have to like have a really cheap rookie breakout. I feel after like after winning. A Super I feel Bowl. like they made this move because they know this is the year. I, yeah. that's just my, that's just what I'm feeling like what they paid to get him. They're saying, this is, this is all we need. We're going to go do this now. So yeah, I think this is year. They think it that they, I think this is, let me start that sentence completely over. I think that this is the year they think they can do it. So that's why they did it. But if they don't, also, I don't think Christian McCaffrey is going to fall off a cliff that quickly. I think he'll still be effective in the next season to two seasons. So I think he'll be worth the money. He's at least worth the decoy of like like some play action plays, fake the handoff, and then you got somebody down deep. Like you got George Kittle up the middle that can help. Um, so I they definitely have to win a Super Bowl before Christian McCaffrey is not a 49er for it to be worth it. But if they win it this year and then they're trash next year, I think still mission accomplished. They won a Super Bowl. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. I, and I think that he'll give them a good chance. And I agree, he, he could be productive for for more years. Yeah. Um, and then, so that leads me to my question. Are running backs underrated in the NFL? I don't know how to answer that question. So, so you know, you it doesn't seem like anybody wants to pay an older running back. They want to get them on their rookie contracts, kind of run them into the ground. Um, but we've seen the years that, like, Saquon's doing it right now with, with the Giants, where they're really – playing really really well and it's because he controls the game he scores almost every game he's over he's like at 100 a game um you know he's, he's scoring touchdowns he they dictate play because of him and he had a down year and, and maybe you know if, if he'd have been traded last year what what would the package have been for Saquon you know yeah nothing near the McCaffrey one and then he's like a, a franchise changer this year JT made the Colts as good as they were that year um, you know, we've seen like big running back seasons. Like if that team has an even competent defense or a quarterback that can manage, um, they're going to be big contenders. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, they might be lottery picks where they go down like McCaffrey has in the past. Um, but I think we're seeing in a league where it's almost like overcorrected and big, big running backs, um, aren't aren't being valued the way they should be in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. They're, uh, they, you know, that rookie deal for, for running backs is so just, it's interesting because it's not a lot of money. They use them like they use them up completely to where they're not going to get paid on the, on the back end for like, they're not going to get a big deal. Like if, uh, if, uh, if Saquon, he's going to be hitting free agency, I don't know how big of a deal he's going to get because I mean, they the Giants have ran him into the ground, really. And Jonathan Taylor with the Colts, like you said, like he gets run into the ground too. So that that opportunity for a second contract for uh for running backs, I don't think they're they're paid enough for what they do compared to like a quarterback and stuff. But I don't think there's ever a situation where they will be unless there's some some rejuvenation of the running back position where you can teach them to be effective, but also teach them to have stamina and stability and not get hurt and, and can use their legs longer. And I don't know where we are on that science. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. It would be interesting to see if like someone like McCaffrey can maybe transition to the, the pass game, passing game more as he gets older and get out in the slot and get into yeah. w- wide positions where he's not taking as many hits um, I could see him running as as like a slot receiver, um, and and you know just mainly being working out of like a Darren Sproles who had a really long running back career and was really valuable late into to his career. I think it was because he was getting out into the flats and getting open field, uh, like where he was making the opponent make open field tackles, and he wasn't just running into a line and getting demolished three downs a you know a run or a, a, a three downs a, a set of drives so um you know I, I i think we'll see more in the future i think an overcorrection and running backs will be appropriately valued yeah um but but we'll see um so that's you know that's my fourth topic okay. was 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 running backs in the nfl you have one more um so 
right or are you at four i'm at Have i'm you done three or four yeah i've done i've done three with you we kind of split the the oh. nfl one so my fourth was just i was gonna, just gonna bring up the college football playoff they they released their first rankings tonight uh we got tennessee one ohio state two Georgia three, Clemson four, and then Michigan, Alabama sitting outside. I know you don't watch a ton of college football, but uh, just wanted to bring it up and and see if you did have an opinion on it because Tennessee being one is insane, and Georgia being three is insane. <laughs> like I, yeah. Georgia being anything but one is just is just wild to me at this point. They're the defending champs. They're undefeated. I know they've had a couple of of weird games, but. That all could be uh, that all could be solved this weekend because I'm almost positive they play each other this weekend. So, uh, yeah, I they think it do. will depend on where it they is, play. Yeah, it's where at Georgia. It? It's at Georgia, uh, and I it's think a, Georgia will win it. Then I think I, I think in those situations you go with the home team. I don't think that that I did watch the Tennessee Alabama game. I don't think they they win that game in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Um, I think that had to be in Tennessee definitely at home. Um, so I, I think I'll go with the home team. I think Georgia probably wins and, and goes number one. Yep. Um, but I, I would bet on the home team there. Yeah. Um, and then I wouldn't bet out, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet against, um, Alabama taking it. Nick Saban always seems to figure it out. He's kind of like the yeah. Houston Astros. All he needs is Tennessee to fall like against Georgia. And then, and then Alabama can win the West beat Georgia in the in the SEC championship and then we got Georgia Alabama again in the championship probably because Clemson has proven absolutely nothing they're number 4 because they're Clemson uh or number yeah they're number 4 because they're Clemson and then uh Michigan whatever I'm mad at Michigan right now so I don't want to talk about them <laughs> so all right yeah uh okay we got each one more topic and then we'll we'll finish this uh this first episode back yeah, so uh, the last topic I have, which is a little bit like your NASCAR topic, is going to be a little bit more informative. It's soccer. Correct. Uh, so in the in the the English Premier League, we're having the one of the first times ever um, a World Cup. The first time ever they're having a Winter World Cup. Yeah. Um. So so they have two more league games. Um. They have uh one more European game and one more cup game in England. Um. So a domestic cup. Um. But in the league. Um, they have two more games. They play away at Chelsea, um, and then they play home um, to uh, another mid-table Premier League team. I can't remember. And this which is team. Arsenal. Um, this is Arsenal. So, uh, and they are currently top of the league. Um, so, I'm a big Arsenal fan. You are an Massive. Arsenal fan. Gi- ginormous. Um, you bleed red. Um, yeah, Arsenal I red. Confirm. Can confirm. I bleed red. Okay. Um, yep. And which is the color of North London? North London is red. Um, they spanked Tottenham, um, and they are top of the league. Yep. Um, and and we have two more games. Uh, so, so two more games before Man City, Holland, who is a Norwegian who has come from Borussia Dortmund and is the, maybe the best striker in the world, playing under the best manager Pep Guardiola, who they've won the league a bunch of years. So they're the big bad incumbents. Um, and young Arsenal. Arsenal are the youngest team in the Premier League. Good. They start the youngest um, eleven plus bench. So the the eighteen that 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 are in the squad for the day, they have the youngest average age. Um, and so and they're two games away from being top until Christmas is when they would repick it up. So to be top at Christmas with the youngest le- uh, team in the league, it's gotta um, be something. It's exciting. So that's exciting. Can 
can Man City uh, get back in it? And then can Liverpool, who have been really good in recent seasons, and Chelsea, who won the Premier League, and Man U, who were so good for so long, can they kind of get back to winning ways? Um, so, and then we'll watch a World Cup, and World, a World Cup is fun to watch because um, you can really be casual and you can just kind of watch it and see what it means to the players. You don't need to know everyone. Um, and you can kind of see how it shakes out. Yeah, um, it's it's so. it's uh, it's easy to get involved in the World Cup when the when America's in it. I know uh, four years ago there was a big push to to make soccer fun again for America, and they were so hyped, and then they didn't make the World Cup, so that was kind of put on hold. But here we are. We're gonna win this one, maybe, probably not. I mean, yeah, we're in a huge group. Um, so the England is in our group, Iran, and then there's somebody else that's very good in our group. So it's going to be hard to, you know, we're going to play our, our three games and all three are really going to matter. Um, and then if we get to a knockout stage, like we have in the past um, with some of our young, exciting players, I think our nation could really get excited and get pumped up about, it would about be fun. soccer. It'll be fun. Um, but before that, we have two more Premier League games. We have some Champions League games that have gone on that's been fun. So um, it's a fun time to tune in for people who are new to the Premier League and like maybe an underdog story. It's a, it's a fun time to watch. Can can the guys leading with all these young kids um, keep up with this behemoth? They've won three of the last four years. They're, uh, Pep Guardiola is probably the closest thing soccer has to a Nick Saban. Yeah. So um, can he keep doing it or can this young team – um, play spoilers so yeah it'll be fun we'll to watch go soccer that was talking soccer all right my oh. the only way i could see us fitting uh ending this episode is i want to talk about the los angeles lakers uh most specifically lebron james they won their first game this past week of the season after starting 0 four and they had a celebration in the locker room as if they won the nba finals it was the most horrendous thing i've ever seen and Kobe, God rest his soul, was just just rolling over. Like, I mean, can you imagine if Kobe was anywhere near that franchise and they went, they started 0-4, finally won a game, and had a celebration in the locker room for it? I I don't I don't like the celebration police, if I'm honest. Because <laughs> I, I think slippery they slope. Started I, just think, I think when when are they allowed to celebrate? Like I, I don't care that they celebrated. I don't. I am a Lakers fan. I it did I my views on LeBron did change. If he I had forget, done it somewhere else, I'd I probably forgot you were a Lakers fan. Yeah, I was born in LA. I, I know. You know, I, know. I, I grew up in the Kobe days. I don't I think yes, Kobe would probably be mad that they were doing that. I think Kobe would probably be mad that they celebrated. If you were down three games to one in a playoff, like an early playoff season uh, or playoff series, and Kobe was your teammate and you guys won to make it three two, and you celebrated in the in the locker room, I think Kobe would be mad. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So Anyways, like, I just wanted to make fun of LeBron. That level, you know, of expectation, it is goofy. Yeah. It is. It's not good. They're not a good team. Their mentality is not right. They can't play together. They're not going to be competitive. And it might be the end of a career. And it's kind of interesting. We're seeing him, we're seeing Cristiano Ronaldo, and we're seeing Tom Brady all kind of do it a little ungracefully. Yeah, it's kind of wild. It's kind of wild. But I, yeah, I just felt the need to end this uh, with uh, some LeBron slanter. So there we go. 
Um, a punch to LeBron. What a great. Do you want to take one on Aaron Rodgers? Really? You notice yeah. I didn't uh, mention him among all those goats. I'm going to, I'm going to save my Aaron Rodgers talk for next week. How about that? You don't have, we have two minutes and nine seconds. You don't, I know. that's way too, too little time. For I don't Aaron have enough. Rogers yeah. Talk. I don't have enough time. I'll make it one of my, one of my five things to talk about. Yeah. Um, nice. but yeah, so great first episode back. It's good to be back. Good to be We're talking, back. good to be talking sports balls. Uh, we will continue this next week. Uh, thank you everybody for listening and, uh, yeah, Jason, we'll, uh, we'll do it again next week. All right. Awesome. See you guys next week.